Welcome to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri, and today I look at Joe Rogan. If you like podcasts, you probably know who Joe Rogan is. He's a great podcaster. I look at an article from the New York Times, which basically is a profile of, of Joe Rogan and his career and what he means to our society. It's called Joe Rogan is Too Big to Cancel, and it's from the New York Times, July 1st, 2021. I think you'll like the article. It's, a, it's basically a summary of Joe Rogan and his career and how, in my opinion, it's a very American story. So in this podcast, I'm going to analyze the article. I'm going to look at Rogan's role in our society. I view him as kind of like an Oprah Winfrey for men. And that sound might sound funny, but if you, if you really reflect on it, I think if you hear my analysis, I think it's true. He's gone from being just like this sitcom star, comedian, reality show host, UFC broadcaster, to becoming an actual kingmaker in Hollywood. And I think that's a really interesting evolution for a man. And I'm also going to look at basically why we listen to someone like Rogan. I mean, three-hour podcasts every day, that's a lot. But people listen. And so why do people listen? I have my own take about that. So, you know, this is a podcast that looks at culture. And so when I'm looking at someone like Joe Rogan, I really want to see, well, why do why do people listen? Why is that important? Would people have listened to Joe Rogan in 2000, in 1995? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm going to I'm going to kind of go into that in the podcast. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe. Please share with a friend and please leave a rating. So we're going to look at Joe Rogan today on the Class X podcast. Welcome to the Class X Podcast, a podcast that looks at independent perspectives in American culture. I'm your host, Shukri. And today, I'm going to look at Joe Rogan. The article is, Joe Rogan is too big to cancel. It's from the New York Times. It's a really recent article, July 1st, 2021. And if you're not familiar with Joe Rogan, you probably are because you're listening to a podcast. But if you're not familiar with him, he's very popular with people, specifically men, under the age of 40. And so... He probably has some people who are 40 to 50 who like him as well, but that's his really core audience, men under the age of 40. And for me personally, this is my first time looking at Rogan's work. I do know Rogan from Fear Factor, if you remember that show, reality television show from the early 2000s. He's also a big uh, UFC broadcaster, so I've seen him on that as well. So to me, Rogan's kind of a neutral person. I don't really know Rogan in a opinionated kind of way or as a influencer of sorts. So I know I listen to a lot of podcasts, and so it's kind of strange that I never listened to Rogan. I've had a lot of friends recommend him to me. So when I looked at this article, I wasn't I wasn't looking for a hit piece. I was looking for something that was objective. And, and fortunately, this was that. It's interesting because on the comments section in the article, a lot of the Rogan fans were very, what I think is, in my opinion, sensitive to the article. But in my honest opinion, it seemed very objective. I didn't seem critical of them at all. Um, So I'll go into that as well later in the podcast. I ended up reading uh, the article and listening to Rogan on his podcast, Talk to Dave Chappelle. 
And it was really interesting because I think I was able to put a lot of the ideas from the article into practice by listening to the actual podcast. It was three hours long. So think about that. I mean, much respect to record for three hours and keep it engaging. So my conclusion after listening to the actual podcast was before I even get into the analysis, my conclusion is I totally get the the Joe Rogan experience, the Joe Rogan um, interest. And hopefully in this podcast, I'll explain that as well. So I'll get more into the interview with, with Chappelle later as well. But I want to first examine the article. So why Joe Rogan? Well, he's one of the most consumed products on the planet. And we're talking about like his his podcast episodes get like tens of millions of listeners, which is crazy. He has, I mean, he has so many listeners. So his primary audience, as I said, is 40-year-olds and under. And I know these guys. They are friends of mine and they're very smart people. So any kind of idea that, you know, Rogan is sort of appealing to a rogue element or reactionaries is just not true. A lot of really smart people listen to Rogan. So that that should be said because I think that that's the typical reaction because people want to associate someone with right-wing or left-wing radio, and that's just not true for Rogan. Here's a quote from the article. It says that he shapes tastes, politics, medical decisions. I mean, that's a lot to do if you think about it. That's a a big responsibility, and it means people are listening to you for advice. It's always intriguing to look at the sort of -of jack-of-all-trades types in our society because it's kind of the opposite of our real world experience. If you think about most, most of us are specialized. We have our specialized training in our jobs. And so we don't really think of ourselves as a jack of all trades when it comes to, um, or, or in the past, they would call the person a man of letters, someone who understood many different elements of society. I think it's a good thing to aspire to. And clearly people like that since they are listening to someone like Rogan. So we typically value uh, specialization, which is the opposite of what Rogan is providing. Rogan tends to discuss on his podcast serious topics along with controversial um, things. So his role as a comedian has helped him do this, which is really definitely emphasized in the article itself, that that comedic role has helped him be who he is and kind of walk that fine line. And this is when I first made the connection between Rogan and my favorite comedian, Dave Chappelle. As I was reading it, I was thinking, oh, this, this guy sounds like Chappelle. And that actually is a comparison that to me rings true. And as I listened to the podcast with Chappelle and Rogan, I found out a few things. Well, they're, they're friends, first off, and they're pretty, it seems like they're good friends if you listen to the podcast. They both have this gift. They can be funny, intellectual, and at times controversial. So you can sort of disagree with both of them, but it's okay. You can live with that disagreement. And I think this is part of why they both don't get canceled. I mean, the article is titled, Joe Rogan is too big to cancel. But in a lot of ways, I think that it's his personality like Chappelle's that people don't really want to cancel. It's that combination of humor with some controversy that you don't want to, that you don't really want to get rid of. And so I don't think that's one disagreement I have. I don't think it's just the size of the audience. I think there's something else to it because we've seen people with big audiences get canceled and, and that's not Rogan. So the big idea, a big idea in this article is that Rogan has the, and this is a quote, the durable allure of convincing people 
they are listening to something subversive and undiluted. So I'm not sure if you would agree with this, but I do think Americans and maybe everyone likes a little rebellion, a little rebelliousness. And if you listen to his podcast, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear intellectual ideas mixed in with kind of uh, contrarian concepts that you might think are a little ridiculous, but he's willing to go there. And I think for that, it makes the, the podcast very appealing. I also like this quote from the article. He's generous. He's a generous listener who seems to share every half thought out loud or aloud. So it's kind of interesting because if it is true. If you listen, he just reminds me again of a good interviewer who's listening to his to his guest and really delving into ideas that his guest wants to go to. And that takes a lot of talent. He also has this ability to go from scholar to jock, which is emphasized in the article. And that's not easy to appeal to those two audiences. I mean, how do you appeal to UFC, ultimate fighting audience and intellectual audience at the same time? That's a that's a tough task, right? And he does that. And that takes tremendous skill. I'm not sure, like I said, I'm not sure he would agree with this, but I do see, um, I do see it. I do see, I don't know if he would agree that he is going from jock to scholar, he'd probably just say he's being himself, right? But in my opinion, he's doing something unique. So the strongest comparison I thought in the, that I saw in the article was the Oprah Winfrey comparison, which is kind of a kind of a funny one, right? You don't think, oh, like Joe Rogan, Oprah Winfrey, but, but if you think about it, they're doing the same thing. And I found this amusing and actually very accurate because it's kind of amusing to think like Joe Rogan, Oprah Winfrey, but really, if you think about it, men need what women get from someone like Oprah or someone like Ellen. Like, like Oprah was basically replaced by Ellen, right? And But men, who do men have? They, we don't really have a lot of sources that um, help with self-help ideas. Men need book recommendations. They need medical advice. They need political talk. They need comedy. They need all sorts of, you know, a wide array of discussions in our lives. We need the same thing that women need. And I think... That's kind of the the what the market that Rogan is tapping into. And it makes sense. We can actually, and I think we can actually learn a lot by understanding what the majority finds appealing, whether it's looking at someone like Oprah and say, well, why do a lot of uh, middle-class women like to listen to Oprah? Or looking at Rogan and saying, why do a lot of men like to listen to Rogan? I think instead of going into it and being critical, I think it's a skill to be an independent thinker, I think it's a skill to go and say, well, there must be something being provided that people are lacking and we're not seeing it in our society. So in more traditional societies, you'd probably see men go and seek advice from their elders, right? And from, from a more communal um, sources or communal sages in a sense. But in a more individualized society, I think people like Rogan, for men and Oprah for women, they provide that like what, what is kind of missing in, in our society. So what another interesting aspect of Rogan was his politics, which, you know, this is a podcast about independent perspectives. So I'm always seeking that out. And one of the things that I feel is because uh, people always ask me like, well, what do you mean independent perspectives? And this is kind of what I mean by it. He what he promotes, he will sometimes he'll talk about left wing policies, sometimes right wing ideas. He doesn't really just follow the party platform. And, you know, 
if you're doing that, actually on his on his podcast with Chappelle, they they kind of joke about that, like how if you're just part of one political party, it's almost like you're part of a gang. And you'll see that from people. And I feel like that's independent when you can say, well, I kind of agree with the liberals on this and I'm kind of conservative on this. Like, you know, you, you have different perspectives based on the subject, based on the topic. You're not just falling in line. And he does that a lot. So, for example, he liked Bernie Sanders. There's actually a podcast, which I'm really interested in listening to, where he interviews Bernie Sanders for like two and a half hours. He likes the idea of universal basic income. That's those are le liberal left wing policies. But and if you listen to his podcast, you see it right away. He hates cancel culture. Now, cancel culture could be on the left or on the right. But right now, I think it's more dominantly being seen on the left. And he really despises it. And I think that's that would be, again, different from someone who likes typically Bernie Sanders, maybe. So as I listened to the Chappelle podcast with with Rogan, I heard this shift uh, occur back and forth. He, he would talk about issues like um, statues, you know, tearing down statues of someone like George Washington. And what was interesting about that is Chappelle would sort of speak back to it, which was cool because you got two, two perspectives. Then he would go and, and we associate, by the way, we associate that idea, right? Tearing down statues, whether you support it or against it. Usually conservative person wants to, well, conserve the statues, you know, um, and the liberal person has no problem getting rid of it if the person had ethical issues. And so that was an interesting discussion. And then he would go and he would talk about how America is so open because of uh, we support gay marriage in, in most of our states. So you could see this is not your typical kind of, you know, consistently liberal or conservative person. And for that, you know, in this current world that we live in, you know, Fox News versus MSNBC, I think that's nice to have people with independent views. And I think that that's why he's popular, really. If you think about it, like people want more complexity. They don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. In a sense, if you like to listen to someone like Rogan, I, I think the question is like, are you comfortable being uncomfortable? Because He's not going to do the typical like cheerleading and dehumanizing, basically the opposite perspective. He's going to kind of give you different perspectives. And as I was listening to it, I felt like, oh, I don't agree with him on that. I don't agree with him on that. But then I kept listening and but because it's it was still engaging. So what's kind of interesting about about Rogan is his personal history, too, which goes with the, which the article goes into. His personal story is essential to understanding who he is. And I think it's a very American story. And I'm always intrigued by what I view as like kind of American stories. And it's not like your bootstraps kind of story. It's it's um, pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing. It's kind of just a I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I'll just look look at and examine Rogan to explain it. So he starts as a stand-up comedian in 1988. He works through the stand-up scene and he's he still does stand-up, but he was just, you know, simple stand-up comedian. And then in the mid to late 90s, he's on a sitcom called News Radio, which was a successful sitcom. He hosts Fear Factor in the early 2000s. He eventually becomes a UFC broadcaster. So this is very different. And eventually he gets into podcasting early on, by the way. People didn't understand what podcasting was when he got into it. And so he's just jumping around in a sense, like, again, like Dave Chappelle, kind of trying new things out and finding his audience, finding his niche in society and finding a way to be successful. And that's really an American story. It's something that you see a lot on a personal level. 
you could see in the article they emphasize how he kind of changed over time too he went from this really really intense guy who people were a little uncomfortable being around because of his mixed martial arts and uh his uh his tendency to get really angry over time he's relaxed and he gives credit and i think this is kind of his again you can see the rogan um personality here he, he gives credit to marijuana and his children for helping him. Um, so a little bit of co comedy and seriousness in terms of his personal change. So as he grew professionally, going from stand-up to sitcoms, to Fear Factor, reality TV, to UFC, to podcasting, he also changed, became a father, and kind of became more grounded maybe in life, uh, which again, I saw the comparison with the Chappelle thing. So I listened to Rogan and Chappelle for three hours. I was doing work and I was listening to him for three hours. And I mean, I don't usually listen to a podcast for three hours, but I have to say it was my first time listening to the podcast. I, when I saw the time, I thought there's no way I'm going to listen to this. For, I'll listen to half of it, but I listened to the whole thing. It was very entertaining. It was unstructured and unique because it kind of just starts off with just the two guys talking. Which is a really, I mean, that's something you do when you have established yourself. And these guys, they just start talking and they bounced around, but it was so fascinating. They talked about history. There was a conversation about uh, George Washington, whether or not his statue should should go up and or go down. And Chappelle said, yeah, well, he kind of said, well, he had slaves and Rogan gave his perspective. And so they talked about a little bit of history. They talked about politics, personal stories about being comedians and Sort of like what it means to be a comedian and how it's developed over time. Names like Gandhi come up and whether or not he's controversial now. And Idris Elba comes up. A big topic was cancel culture. Now, I think that's an interesting one because both are comedians. And if you think about being a comedian during a time, and like I said, I think if you look at American history, there are different, just in my own personal history, there are times where there seems to be a conservative cancel culture. And then there are times when there's a liberal cancel culture. I think either one harms the comedian because the comedian needs to look at society. And as Chappelle says in the podcast, add levity to things, but also like make fun of things that are not really, that are kind of taboo basically. And you could see why that would be hard for a comedian to deal with. Because if you're getting canceled, if there's a heightened sensitivity, then the comedian, it, it's harder for them to, to figure out how they can practice their craft. And so there was a lot of passion on that topic of cancel culture from Rogan and from Dave Chappelle. I also think if you think about this whole Joe Rogan podcast style, it really fits with our culture today. It really fits with American culture. So if you think about all of us, we commute so much, right? Five, six days a week, couple hours a day, probably. So a three-hour podcast gets you through the day. And, you know, we, we, we also, we don't just commute, we work a lot. A lot of people that I talk to actually listen to him while they work. They're able to do that. And so it really does fit in with our cultural, with our cultural shift. And with having a smartphone on us at all times, maybe earbuds and doing our work. And I think that's an interesting thing to think about how, you know, our culture has created Rogan. Maybe something like a three hour podcast wouldn't be so popular uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, definitely 20 or 30 years ago. But today it fits. It fits because we have so much time where we are at work, where we are commuting. So I think that's something that I wanted to add to why I think 
another reason why I think this uh, long format of conversation is popular. So I'll end this podcast with the latest shift in Rogan's career. So he's becoming Johnny Carson, and that's emphasized in the article. I thought that was a really smart comparison. The two comparisons I liked from the article were the Oprah Winfrey comparison and the Johnny Carson comparison. And if you think about what was Johnny Carson, he wasn't just a comedian. He was a kingmaker. He made Dave Letterman. You know, that's that's why Letterman was able to become who he was. I think I think Leno as well. If you look at people who came on his show, they became famous afterwards. And that's what Rogan is doing. I think he's in Austin, Texas now. Texas now. So it's, they, they were even saying that comedians go to Austin to be around Rogan because he's sort of like getting the rub from him really is a big deal. So if you look at his guests, writers, actors, criminal justice advocates, scholars, so medical experts, so diverse. If you go on his show, there was a funny story. I can't remember the book right now, but I think it was about Native American culture. And there was a book that he liked and he recommended it on his podcast. And this book's been, it hasn't been popular or I don't know if it ever was popular, but it's been out for years. All of a sudden the author talks about how he, again, the kingmaker idea, he became this book became a popular bestseller out of nowhere because Rogan just started talking about it. Now that's a kingmaker, right? And so that's really interesting. So the popularity of the podcast, it shows also, and this is one of the last things I'll say, that people want to learn. They really want this diverse array of, of, of subjects. And it shows that people are curious. So to me, actually, I went into the article with no info on Rogan and I left feeling optimistic, like, oh, wow, people are really curious. I may not agree with all of this, but that's fine. People are pretty curious, and I think that's cool. Um, will I listen in the future? Probably. I like that the unstructured conversations. I thought that was pretty cool, and I like history. I'm a history teacher, and to me, it's interesting. I didn't agree with everything he was saying, but I, again, I thought I'm 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 interested in hearing these two comedians talk about it, who aren't just comedians; they're smart guys. So if you want a brief summary of the Joe Rogan career, I think you should check out the article. It's a good one. And his podcast, I think you should try it. Um, I started a Quentin Tarantino one, and I just got a little bit into it. And I think I might finish that one, too, because it's, it sounds interesting. It's, I like learning about people and their experiences. Um, so thanks for listening to the Class X podcast. Hopefully you subscribe and share with a friend. The audience is building, and I think it's because of you and, and all of the all of you who have shared the podcast with people. So please leave a rating as well if you can. Um, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.